1: Hi, I'm
2: U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hello, darling. This is O'Vira, Mistress of the
1: Dark, and you're celebrating flocks sober with Tom Sumner.
3: And happiness I've known proves that it's right Because you're mine I walk the line Keep me on your side You give me cause for love that I can't hide For you I know I'd even turn the tide Because you're mine I walk the line I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time Keep the ends out for the tie that binds, because you're mine.
1: Hello darling, this is O'Vira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're
4: celebrating Sober with Tom Sumner.
5: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and that was uh, something we haven't played before from Leonard Nimoy doing uh, Johnny Cash for uh, today's installment of uh, Schlocktober, kicking off a uh, a great show. Um, And as I promised, we're going to have a lot of new stuff for Schlachttober 2020. But today on the show, we're going to talk about um, a new uh, way of treating... um, Relapsing Multiple Sclerosis with uh, Dr. Shin. And uh, that's coming up in just a moment. Willie Dry, American journalist and author, has uh, written a book that's somewhat timely since uh, we've been hearing a lot about hurricanes. Uh, he has a uh, book called um, Storm of the Century. We'll talk with him in the second hour. In the third hour, uh, bestseller Marie Lou. Uh, talking about her new book, Sky Hunter. But uh, let's go ahead and get right into it with Dr. Shin. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, well, the whole world is uh, seems like is talking nonstop about COVID-19. But uh, this morning, we're going to be reminded that there are other things going on on in the world of medicine. And to do that, I'm joined by uh, Dr. Robert Shin. He is a professor of neurology at Georgetown University in Washington. And uh, also, we're going to be uh, joined by Carrie, who was diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis in 2012. And we're going to talk about a uh, new and And first and only of its kind, I understand, self-administered therapy for adults with relapsing MS. And so Dr. Shin and Carrie, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you for having us. Great
2: to
5: be here. Uh, um, I'll get to you in a minute, Carrie. Um, Dr. Shin, I want to ask you first if you could uh, describe for us, what exactly multiple sclerosis is, and what the different kinds that we hear about. We're talking about relapsing uh, MS today. Um, but but we hear about um, secondary progressive, uh, relapsing, remitting. what What do all these terms mean?
6: Sure. Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for having me on your show. I'm happy to be here on behalf of Novartis to talk about Kesimpta. But as you asked, to understand Kesimpta, you have to understand relapsing forms of MS or RMS. Multiple sclerosis is a neurologic condition where the immune system, which is supposed to protect us from infections, it gets mixed up, and it starts to attack the brain and spinal cord, uh, and that causes neurological issues or symptoms. Usually, people with multiple sclerosis are going to experience attacks or what we call relapses, meaning an episode of some type of neurological symptom. However, as you mentioned, some people with multiple sclerosis will have a different course where they may have episodes, but they also experience gradual worsening over time, increased fatigue, increased trouble with walking, increased trouble with bowel and bladder. And uh, when those conditions overlap, we refer to that as active secondary progressive MS. So uh, what your listeners may hear about are relapsing forms of MS. And really all that means is uh, all of the different types of MS that include clinically isolated syndrome, that would just be a single episode, or classic relapsing MS, or active secondary progressive MS.
5: Gotcha. Does... um. Does any one or any combination of those necessarily lead to the other?
6: That's a great question. Classically, we talked about relapsing MS as being the type of MS that most people experience at first. Something like 80% of people with multiple sclerosis will start out basically having an attack or a relapse. We've recognized, however, that over time, people who start out with relapses may begin to develop that gradual worsening or progression. Um, and when those overlap, both relapses and progression are present, uh, we do refer to that as active secondary progressive MS, meaning that it started with just relapses, but then later on, progression began to occur as well.
5: And and Carrie, I'm going to wander into dangerous turf here because uh, I learned a long time ago it was uh, not wise to ask or discuss a woman's age, but you are uh, 38. How old were you when you uh, were first diagnosed with MS?
1: Sure.
2: So yes, you are correct. Um, I am in, I was in my early 30s uh, when I was diagnosed back in 2012. Um, and it, 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 I, I know that it differs for each patient when that onset is, uh, but, yeah, that was, that was back in 2012 when I had my first, as Dr. Shin mentioned, um, episode.
5: And, and how, did, how did it present itself? Uh, did you feel symptoms and go to a doctor, or um, how, how did that unfold?
2: Yes, yeah, so uh, back, in, back in 2012, I went through a two-week period of experiencing a loss of sensation in half my face. So was definitely not a subtle episode uh, i I realized quickly thereafter that I needed to see a doctor to understand what was going on and why I was having these symptoms so after undergoing some testing, I was um, you know ultimately diagnosed with relapsing remitting ms or
5: r m s and and doctor, how does that diagnose diagnosis happen? Are there very obvious symptoms and you test right away for m s or or can you be fooled into um checking for many other things first?
6: Well, there's no one magic test that tells someone if they have multiple sclerosis or not. So there's always going to be an evaluation by a healthcare professional talking to you, hearing about your history, doing an examination, and possibly doing other tests, including things like MRI scans. So sometimes we are able to make the diagnosis quickly, but actually sometimes it's a mystery, and, and there are many people with multiple sclerosis who could tell a story um, that they might have gone from provider to provider before the correct diagnosis was discovered.
5: So there, it, it isn't like, uh, for example, when um, you do a scan of, of someone's brain and you find a lesion or some other thing that, that indicates, yes, this person is suffering from this.
6: Well, that's correct. So, certainly, patients with multiple sclerosis may have, let's say, spots or lesions on their MRI scan. But I have to say that having a spot or a lesion on your MRI doesn't always mean that you have MS. So, again, it's very important that um, anyone with symptoms be evaluated by a healthcare professional to really sort that out.
5: Um, and, Carrie, for you, um, a- after being diagnosed, um, How has that impacted or changed your life?
2: Sure. Um, In terms of my day-to-day, I do still deal with headaches. Um, And every once in a while, I will have a lovely reminder and my face will start tingling again. I also tend to become easily fatigued, which is no small feet since i have two children under the age of 7 in my house right oh, now two young boys oh boy they, they definitely keep me on my toes <laughs> they <laughs> definitely keep me on my toes
5: was that uh, was that them i heard in the background or dr shin do you have a dog that's getting a little restless
6: yeah, I'm embarrassed to say that my dog did not obey me when I told him not to say
5: anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I've, I've run into that so many times that you need not be embarrassed. Um, in, now, in, in Carrie's case, is, is she getting this, this new treatment that I'm reading about? It's uh, uh, this, this uh, drug, Kesimpta.
6: Well, Kesimpta has actually just been approved by the FDA for treating relapsing forms of MS, so it's pretty new, and actually people are just beginning to consider that as a treatment option. Um, Just so your listeners know, um, Kesimpta is a -a once-a-month self-administered treatment, so it's a small subcutaneous uh, injection that's self-administered at home uh, once a month. And uh, it's a B-cell therapy, and um, your listeners may or may not know, um, we haven't had a B-cell therapy that individuals could self-administer. Generally, patients might have to go to an infusion center or to a doctor's office. So we're actually very excited about this new option, a a once-a-month self-administered subcutaneous treatment, uh, a form of B-cell therapy uh, to control relapsing forms of MS
5: and and uh doctor what what are the treatment protocols before um, now i'm i'm guessing that a lot of people will uh, if if they qualify will be turning to key symptom but um what what have the protocols been
6: well in a way we've been blessed that over the past let's say 20, 25 years, we've had more and more treatments available for multiple sclerosis, but um, there is no one right answer for any individual. So definitely Uh, anyone with MS should have that sort of interaction with their healthcare provider. Um, Some MS medications are pills, some are self-injections, some are infusions. Uh, They vary in terms of schedule, but right now we only have this one option that's a once a month self-administered B-cell therapy. So I think that's what makes them a little bit different from the other options.
5: More with Dr. Robert Shin from Georgetown University in Washington and advertising executive and mother of two young boys, Carrie, who uh, has multiple sclerosis. Straight ahead.
1: Hello, out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger, T I double G, that
4: spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner's program on account
7: of because he's so bouncy. Woo hoo
2: hoo! A social distancing tip.
6: Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov.
0: Let's all do our part because we're all alone together.
5: Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at tomsumnerprogram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional.
4: You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again. This time, from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, early gate rock. All dug up. Lying in the chapel and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send 995 in checker or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Clio, Michigan 44487, or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa. Canadian residents add three dollars.
6: Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology.
4: The Tom Sumner program.com. The Tom Sumner program.com.
7: This is
5: Congressman
1: Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
5: More with Dr. Robert Shin from Georgetown University in Washington, and advertising executive and mother of two young boys, Carrie, who uh, has multiple sclerosis, straight ahead. Carrie, have you started uh, using Kesimpta? Uh,
2: no, I'm not currently taking Kesimpta. It sounds very exciting. Uh, my treatment was a decision that I ended up making with my healthcare provider, and you know, I, I think that for your listeners who might have MS, that's a decision that they would make with their provider, too.
5: And and has that involved uh, self-injections? Uh,
2: in terms of past uh, medications that I have been on, um, you know, it's it's something that has happened in the past. Um, in terms of current medication, though, obviously, I'm, I'm not on to.
5: See, Carrie, uh, Carrie that's, the, that's the thing that uh, for, for some of us who uh, would prefer to avoid needles, <laughs> it would be difficult to give myself a shot. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, maybe I would interject and just mention, although that's absolutely a challenge, um, but many people with multiple sclerosis know that um, treatments from the 1990s involved self-injection, sometimes even every day or once a week. Um, what's nice about our newer treatments like KeySymtha is that um, the medicine, even though it's self-administered, what I mean by that is it's an auto-injector. So patients really don't have to see a needle. They don't have to mix up any medication. They can just hold a, it looks like a pen-like device, uh, and it takes maybe five to ten seconds. So uh, there's more information actually about the medication at Keysimta.com, K E S I M dot and your listeners could get online and actually just see a picture of the device it, it just looks like a, a pen um, and so uh, we've really tried to make sure that patients can get their treatments in a relatively convenient way because and as you mentioned you know when you first hear about it um, individuals might be concerned uh, but definitely um I hope your readers or your listeners will uh, check that out.
5: I, well, I, you know, the the auto injector. I was reading about that, and it it, it sounds kind of Star Trekky. How long has this idea of um, auto injectors uh, been in use?
6: Well, uh, in the MS sphere, and actually in the medical sphere. Um, Auto-injection has been around for at least maybe a couple of decades. I I will say in my career, I remember some forms of auto-injectors that were sort of clunky. You'd have to mix things up and load them up, and then there'd be a spring, and sometimes that wouldn't go well. Um, But there's been tremendous uh, progress. And for instance, um, auto-injections used for things like, um, people have heard of the EpiPen um, yeah. People use auto-injectors for other medications, and actually these days migraine is often treated with an auto-injector because it's just so quick and easy. Um, and so Key symptoms being able to take advantage of that and have a very modern design for the auto-injector, which I was impressed, just there's not even a button to press. It really is literally auto-injects, uh, um, and again, 5 to 10 seconds once a month is really what we'd be talking about.
5: And, and uh, Doctor, along those lines, is this a very expensive procedure, being that it's new? And do you have any sense for how insurance companies are going to uh, treat this uh, treatment?
6: Well, I really can't address that because, I'll be honest, I really don't know uh, in terms of exact cost. But it is. As we mentioned an fda approved option uh and generally um, I would expect this to be covered by insurance uh is this is definitely something that your listeners could uh, have a conversation with uh, with their health care provider uh if they think this might be something to consider and,
5: and carrie is is this um, have you had a chance to discuss this with your health care provider and and talk about this option? Is this something that's available potentially to you?
1: Sure.
2: So uh, I, I critically do have RMS. I have not had the conversation with my physician, but again, you know, for, for each person's own personal journey, um, you know, I think that, you know, personally for me could be a conversation worth having.
5: Um, how did, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm a little confused because I would have expected Carrie by your being here that, you were already taking or considering taking uh, a Um and, and I guess I'm just curious how you came to be a spokesperson for people with MS.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I, i definitely, and, and I, I obviously defer to Dr. Shinhan who, who Kesimpta particularly is good for. Um, you know, I, I, of course, have had my my own personal journey, and one thing that I have learned to do is is really form that, um, you know, that that good relationship with my healthcare team. So my neurologist, and you know, the the various members of my health team in general. And we we found a medication, obviously, that uh, you know has has supported me in my lifestyle. And since everybody's lifestyle was different. I'm here, obviously, more to, to give a point of view on, you know, the the support and direction, how to think about your, your RMS and, you know, your overall management of your health, um, you know, and it, this certainly does seem like a very exciting, uh, you know, medication that is relatively new in the space and offers a lot of promise for a lot of people out there. Um, in terms of what choices get made and when, that's, of course will end up being a discussion with my specific neurologist and, and healthcare team.
5: Gary um mm-hmm. in in years gone by uh support groups and, and uh healthcare professionals and so on were advising patients not to really talk about having MS um because mm-hmm. of misconceptions about the disease and concern that it would affect their employment and other things, and, and they've been sort of encouraged to, to keep to themselves. Is that changing?
2: I believe it is changing. Um, you know, for for me and myself, I will say that in the beginning, I was hesitant to share that information, but I quickly came to the realization that my ms is part of who I am. It makes me who I am. I didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden had it it was it was it was in me and it was actually part of the way that I think and you know how how I operate. so um, once I realized that you know the the parts of the disease that you know were were manifesting itself outwardly, I could adapt to, it really didn't change much for me and it truly didn't change how my employers saw me because. Obviously, you know employers today—they're going to value the person what the person offers far above, you know, the medical conditions that they may have.
5: And and do you have? Uh, um, I, I imagine that this is something that that your family is is supportive of you and and working around. I, I just wonder if there are times when you have to set aside some of the the things that you do professionally and, and in terms of, of raising your children and so on. And, you know, are, are you able to, I mean, obviously you're able to manage or you wouldn't be here talking about it, but um, how, how do people um, I- interact with you because of MS? Sure. So most people, um, you know,
2: and it's interesting because I have heard it called, you know, this, this invisible disease. So a lot of people don't really know or can't outwardly tell from from talking to me that I have MS unless I bring it up myself. My family is my best support system. So having, as I mentioned, two young boys running around the house <laughs> has been indefinitely since when mommy needs a break and she's a little fatigued. So he definitely steps in. Um I also have, um, you know, just in dealing with my disease, it has become a great equalizer for me in terms of um, letting me know when to take a break and knowing that there are some limits that I will have. And it has actually pushed me to take better charge of my health. So, uh, you know, I, I did join a gym and all the members of that gym have their own health journeys that they're currently on. So we've kind of become a support system for one another.
5: And, and of course, you joined a gym because you had so much extra time on your hands. Of course. <laughs> Between being an advertising executive and a mom of young children, as, as if that doesn't keep you busy enough. Um, True. Doctor, um, are there are there medications and things that patients with uh, RMS can um, take to ease some of the, uh, some of the symptoms like fatigue?
6: Absolutely. So managing MS related symptoms is actually a, a huge part of, of MS care. So certainly as we began talking about, we talked about treatments to control relapsing forms of MS, but uh, even, um, uh, with the best of care, patients could experience, as you've heard, fatigue. Um, they could have pain. Uh, Headaches. So there's definitely a lot of emphasis, at least in my mind, on also managing the symptoms of MS, whether that involves things like exercise and going to the gym, which I think is awesome that, that Carrie's doing. But um, but also there are some different treatment options that we might use, depending on the individual patient.
5: And can, can you speak to... Um how this, uh, this new drug actually works? What is it actually doing? Kesimpta, when it, um, you know, is, is in use, what is it doing to help um, maybe uh, stave off the frequency of uh, symptoms and attacks?
6: Well, it's a very important question, and the truth is none of us know exactly even what causes MS or exactly how our medications work. But I can say the key symptom, as I had mentioned, is a B-cell therapy. And what that refers to is the fact that our immune cells fall into one of two categories. We have B-cells as well as T-cells. And these different populations interact, uh, and we believe that's behind the immune attack on the brain and spinal cord. So Kesimpta targets B-cells specifically, um, and over the past five to 10 years, we've learned that um, B-cells are actually very important in causing the attacks of MS, so if we can target them selectively and carefully, uh, we've seen a really good response. So there are actually a number of different B-cell therapies, I should say, so I've emphasized that Kesimpta is essentially brand new, just got approved, but. B cell therapies have been around for a couple of decades, not just for MS but for other disorders um, that involve the immune system. So, really, what we're talking about simply is a new B cell therapy, but one that patients can self-administer at home once a month.
5: Which sounds, you know, really incredibly convenient for patients that are that are trying to manage MS in their lives. Um, but but let me ask you this and and. You know, I I don't know how far we can go into it. But if we don't understand what causes MS, how do we know what kinds of things to work on for treatments?
6: Well, also a very important question. So to be clear, uh, we don't know why some individuals, some young women, let's say, like Carrie, would out of the blue develop a neurologic symptom and be diagnosed with MS. We do know some things for instance uh, it is actually more common in let's say the u.s canada and in europe than in other parts of the world Uh, and we've learned a lot about what is going on in the immune system in other words we've learned as i said that well b cells and t cells uh, create this attack Uh, and we've actually learned quite a bit about the different steps that are involved but i think to be honest i would say but none of us know why that sequences triggered. But but there is a lot of knowledge about how MS works, and therefore, the more information we have about how it works, um, the better we can be at trying to interrupt that process to protect our patients from these MS relapses.
5: Dr. Shin, you said that uh, uh, it's, it's maybe a little bit more prevalent in North America than other parts of the world, but are there some other statistical things that are worthy of note is there a particular age that's more likely to uh, develop this disease is it something that happens at birth and maybe doesn't present until later Um, is it more common among men or women are are there racial uh, factors in who is more likely to get this
6: well, um, there are a lot of things that we know about MS. For example, it is more common in women than in men, um, maybe two to three times as common in women than in men. And, and that's actually common for a lot of immune system disorders, actually. Um, also, MS affects people when they're quite young. It actually carries a perfect example of this, where between the ages of 20 and 40 uh, is when many patients with MS first have but I should also mention that teenagers, even children, can get MS, and um, there's no age uh, that's too old to be diagnosed with MS. You know, I've, I have patients in their 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, um, but, but most people with MS begin at, at a young age group, um, and then, as I mentioned, we do notice that it is more common um, in, in certain areas uh, and in certain populations. So Caucasian-Americans, African-Americans have an, a higher incidence than, let's say, um, Asian-Americans, for example. Um, why this is is actually not crystal clear, as I've mentioned, um, but, uh, but these observations have really held true. So I think there's some definite clues there, um, but I, I should emphasize that really anybody can be diagnosed with MS, a man, a woman, old, young, um, of any race. Um, so um, definitely uh, good to uh, be aware of uh, sort of the differences.
5: Carrie, how did you first hear about uh, about this um, this treatment option?
2: Sure. Uh, so I actually heard about it by going online, um, which a lot of physicians. <laughs> Don't appreciate when you start consulting Dr. Google. Uh, but, you know, I, I like to be very informed. Um, you know, we are living in a time where it is very important to be on top of your your health, um, to be doing your own research and really being having those informed conversations. So I knew I had an appointment coming up, so I just started taking a look uh, at what was out there.
5: Um, and and Dr. Shin um, is are, are there places that that you would recommend that people go to become more informed if they're uh, concerned about themselves or someone that they that they know, friends or family, um, to find out more about this uh, and and know whether they should be getting to a doctor? Are there websites that are better than others?
6: Well, I will say, you know, I never mind when my patients uh, do their own research because I think the more informed my patients are, the, the better of a conversation we're going to have. But um, as we know, the Internet's just full of information, and you don't always know what's good or bad. Um, in general, um, I'm not going to endorse any specific website, but there are national nonprofit organizations that um, uh, focus on people with MS, like the National MS Society, uh, the Multiple Sclerosis Association of, Association of America, the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation. Uh, and so I think any um, national organization um, can provide uh, more general information. Um, as Carrie mentioned, she sort of heard about Keysympta online. I mentioned uh, uh as an option if an individual wanted to know more about that specific product. Um, but. Um for general information, I would be looking for national organizations um, which have i think a, a more fair and balanced um, um, set of information
5: well this is a um a fascinating new development um, Do you have any sense for i, I mean are people um, already being prescribed this treatment and and uh, benefiting from this treatment or is it so new that that um, there aren't a lot of people using it yet and, and how long before there will be?
6: Well, Kesimpta was FDA-approved just about a month ago. Um, I actually do have patients in my practice that have already started taking Kesimpta, um, but as, you know, Carrie's a good example where there are many people with multiple sclerosis who who may be newly diagnosed or who may already be on a therapy, where I think it's just good to be aware of this new option so that they can talk with with their healthcare provider to see whether this is an option that might make sense for them.
5: Well, I want to thank you both for uh, spending time with me this morning. Carrie, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. And Dr. Shin, thank you for helping us understand this a little better and uh, um, teaching us a little something about MS and this uh, newly approved treatment.
6: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity.
5: All right. Take care to both of you. Be well. That was uh Dr. Robert Shin, he is Professor of Neurology at Georgetown University in Washington and the director of the Georgetown Multiple Sclerosis and Neuroimmunology Center. He specializes in multiple sclerosis and neuroophthalmology um, he uh, well and and Kerry is uh, someone who has uh, been diagnosed with relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis uh, since 2012 and uh, as she mentioned uh, maintaining a busy life of uh, being an advertising executive and the mother of two young boys Uh, this this new treatment sounds uh, really exciting and and as I mentioned at the top of the interview um, we're paying so much attention to what's being developed in terms of uh, vaccines and treatments for, uh, COVID-19 that we don't realize that there's other work going on. And there's, there's this, uh, brand new treatment for people suffering from relapsing, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, called Kesimpta. And, uh, it's a self-administered at home, uh, using an auto-injector pen and, uh, should be interesting to see how it evolves over time. And, uh, Speaking of time, that wraps it up for this, but we have lots more of the Tom Sumner programs.
1: you <phone rings>
4: This is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
5: Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support.
8: Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew.
5: Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Programme.
7: one thing I do like being down there with the old people is it makes me feel like I'm little again, like a little kid. And when you're a kid, you can eat an amazing amounts of food. And that, all, just candy. That's all I ate when I was a kid. The only thought I had growing up was get candy. That was my only thought in my brain for the 10 years of human life. Just get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy. Get candy. Family, friends, school, these were just obstacles in the way of getting more candy. That's why you have to teach kids not to take candy from strangers if they're playing in a playground. And they can barely understand it. Don't No candy from strangers? All right, can, strangers, no candy. All right, because otherwise I'm taking the candy anywhere I can go. they such candy moron, idiot braids. Just this man has candy, I'm going with him. Goodbye, I don't care what happens to me. Get candy, get candy, get candy. No, don't go, they'll torture you, they'll kidnap you. It doesn't matter, he has no Henry, I have to take that chance. Get candy, get candy, get candy. So the first time you hear the concept of Halloween when you're a kid, you remember the first time you even heard about it? It's like, your brain can't even, what, what is this? Who's giving out candy? Someone's giving out candy? Who Who is giving out this candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy? I gotta be a part of this. Take me with you. I, I wanna do it. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. I'll wear anything I have to wear. I'll do anything I have to do. I will get the candy from these fools that are so stupidly giving it away. So the first couple of years, I made my own costume. They, of course, sucked. Ghost, hobo, no good. So I'm begging the parents, you got to get me one of the ones from the store, the cardboard box, the cellophane top. So one year, third year, finally got it. Superman costume, not surprisingly. (laughs) Mask included in the set. Remember the rubber band on the back of that mask? That was a quality item there, wasn't it? (laughs) It was good for about 10 seconds before it snapped out of that cheap little staple they put it in there with. (laughs) Thinnest gray rubber in the world. You go to your first house. Trick or snap. It broke. I don't believe it. <laughs> wait up. I got to fix it, you guys. Come on. Wait up. That's a good thing. Wait up. Kids don't want other kids to wait. They must wait up. You wait up. Because when your little life is up, you're growing up. Everything is up. Wait up, hold up, shut up. Mom, I'll clean up. Let me stay up. Parents, of course, just the opposite. Just calm down. Slow down. Come down here, sit down, put that down. You are grounded. And keep it down in there. So I had my Superman Halloween costume. I was physically ready. I was mentally prepared. And I assume when I put this costume on, I would probably look exactly like the Superman I had come to know on television and in the movies. Now you remember these costumes. It's not exactly the super fit that you are hoping for. You look more like you're wearing Superman's pajamas is what you look like. It's all loose and flowing neckline kind of comes down to about there. (laughs) You got that flimsy little ribbon string holding it together in the back. Plus my mother makes me wear my winter coat over the costume anyway. I don't recall Superman wearing a jacket. So you're going out there, you know, and the mask keeps breaking. So the rubber band keeps getting shorter. It makes it tighter and tighter on your face. You can't even see, you're trying to breathe through that. Remember that little hole that gets all sweaty in there? And the mask starts slicing into your eyeballs. I can't see, I can't breathe. But we gotta get the candy, let's keep going. At a half hour into it, you take that mask. Oh, the hell with it. Bing bong, yeah, it's me, give me that candy. I'm Superman, look at the pant legs. What the hell's the difference? (laughs) Remember those last few Halloweens? Getting a little too old for it. (laughs) Just kind of going through the motions. (laughs) Bing-bong, come on, lady, let's go. (laughs) Halloween, doorbells, candy, let's pick up the (laughs) pace. When come to the door, they always ask you those same stupid questions. What are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be done by now. You want to move it along with the Three Musketeers? I got 18 houses on this block alone. You just hit the bag, we hit the road. That's the routine. Let's just pick it up. Sometimes they give you that little white bag twisted on the top. You know, that's going to be some crap candy it's got to have those official halloween markings on it hold it lady wait a second what is this the orange marshmallow shaped like a big peanut do me a favor you keep that one yeah we got all the door stops we need already thank you very much we're going for name candy only this year and i think about how i used to eat when i was a kid how i would i remember halloween i would get You know, I would have like a punch bowl, and I would fill it with candy. The top of it would be curved. That's how much candy, I would consume that entire punch bowl that night. Next day, feel fantastic.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight.
1: This was another Comedy
0: Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
4: Speculation
1: Gretch and this bitch playing no roles, At Excuse all. all the cussing, that's just how I get my flow on. If you wanna leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Gretch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Gretch with the bus on on the lookout. Uh. And she's doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on their parents. You pilots, get
4: off my lawn. We're trying out. to do a radio We're show down here.
5: It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. It's time.